Hey, everybody, Dave Hagen here. You know, I think we can learn a lot from listening to other people's stories and how they're getting through things. And we're going to do that. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or as we like to call it, TFWP. Today is a coronavirus edition because we're going to talk about coronavirus pandemic related kinds of things. And as I said in in the cold open, I think we can learn a lot from people, uh, how they're doing things, how they're coping, how they're structuring their lives. So today we're going to talk with one millennial and see how she is coping in a coronavirus economy and see what we can take away from that. So we're coming to you today by Zoom. Um, I'm in Topanga. Another one of us is in Van Nuys. One of us is in Pasadena. Brian's taking the week off. I said, Brian, I got this. I got this covered. And I want to welcome to the show, Amanda. Amanda, welcome to the TFWP. Well, thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Now, everybody, Amanda may or may not be her real name. That's the name that we've chosen for today. Uh, some people uh, like talking about their personal financial affairs uh, on the air, and, and some do not. And you're not going to know if uh, Amanda falls into either of those camps, but uh, for purpose of the TFWP, we've got Amanda on the show. Now, Amanda is uh, actually a friend of my daughter's, and she's a recent uh, college graduate in marketing. Yes. Your degree marketing. was in marketing. Okay. She's living in the, the Los Angeles area. And she works for a, a local convention authority, a group that puts on conventions, a city actually that, that puts on conventions. Is that about right, Amanda? Yeah, just about. It's, a, it's in the hospitality industry, as, as, as we've known, has definitely taken a hit during this, this coronavirus time period. Oh, man, it's going to get really hard hit, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, so far, they're projecting one third of the unemployment population is hospitality related uh, industries, which uh, Convention and Visitor Bureau, which is the what I work for, falls under that parameter. All right. So you've got a tough road ahead, potentially. Oh, yeah. All right. So just the other day, Amanda was over and, and hanging out and um, uh, her and my daughter, myself, we were talking. And we started talking about, uh, you know, Amanda's path through these tough financial times. And this was just like a couple days ago. And the more we got into it, the more that I thought that this was a really interesting story and something that we could learn from. And I said, wow, Amanda, would you like to be on a podcast? And she said, yes. All right. Very cool. Very cool. So let's talk about your, your, your finances, your financial past through this uh, coronavirus era, if you will. I mean, the bottom line is you're, you're okay. Financially, yes, financially, I am comfortable, and that's exactly how I would put it. Um, starting before coronavirus in January, my mom had given us a financial book. Um, it was Dave Ramsey's, and I believe the title is uh, uh, 
uh, what to do with money or uh, how, how to, um, uh, I think it's what to do with money. Well, we but, don't want to, we don't want to be giving away the title to Dave's book because he ain't paying us no sponsor fee. Uh, if well, you know what okay. I mean. But, uh, but just, Dave's stuff is, is good and it's valuable. Yeah. And a lot of the things that he says are very yeah. similar to the things that we talk about here. on yes, the exactly. And I think what he says and what you guys say is nothing. It's nothing that we haven't heard before, you know, but it's something that you it's, you know, teaching financial responsibility and it's in and reading about it is nothing I ever learned about in school and like you said I'm a recent graduate uh when I went to school I learned how to take tests really well and I learned how to you know make myself look desirable on a resume but what I didn't learn was my financial responsibility and so in January um that's whenever the path of financial responsibility started for me I I like many millennials had debt still have a little bit of debt but you know working towards it and actively working towards it nice. and but more than anything it taught me to have a an emergency fund and mm -hmm. to save up three months of expenses mm -hmm. so come march when the pandemic hit uh i was very fortunate in my job that i actually they kept me um on for almost 50 you know uh, you know, almost 50 weeks longer than many other people. Well, I'm let's sorry. Not, let's, let's not let's even not go there. Days, 50 yeah. days. 50 let's days. Not, let's not even go there. I'm, I'm yeah. more intrigued by this, this uh, emergency fund. So you, yes. your, your well, mom gave you this book Yeah. and you read the whole book. Did you go through the whole book? I did. I went, I read the whole book and, uh, you know, I, I made active changes in my life, including, um, paying up a substantial amount of my debt. Nice. Um, I took more of the avalanche effect uh, mindset towards that than the right. snowball, uh, just because I felt like that worked in my life. Uh, right. It doesn't and work for those for those for those listeners. Those are two different ways to pay off debt, and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. The different approaches that are out there that they're, they're not unique to Dave. They're you know lots they're, of people talk about them. Everybody, Dave Hagen talks about them. I talked <laughs> about it a couple years ago. It's yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, these aren't things that aren't known. It's just maybe not everybody knows it's right. you conceptualize it but once you get into the nitty-gritty there are easy obtainable steps that you can do and really it's almost like a percentage game with your salary and that's that's how i looked at it is you know when you gave yourself parameters of what you could and could not spend based on your expenses right. it changed my mind it blew it it really did where it's you know a credit card wasn't free money anymore right. i had to go to and for me at work to do cash and to do my debit card when right. i saw that there was an actual you know end to you know right. there was a bottom of the well right. that's never to me i really um you know clicked that this is this is my what financial responsibility means is that you don't get to the bottom of that well right so you read the book i you did. thought about it and did you did mm -hmm. you write a couple things down or you just started doing it from memory i just uh i did make an excel spreadsheet because you know like a good millennial i don't write things down i put it on my computer so. right. that's true that's true <laughs> uh so i put it on my i made an excel spreadsheet and i also pumped that book and and my and what i learned out to everyone and everyone that i could including my my boyfriend um you know, and all my friends. And of course, Kirsten was right. like, oh, of course I do this already. <laughs> um, well, she does. And, she's, she's yeah. Dave Hagen's daughter, but yeah. She's Dave Hagen's daughters. And she's over there like, duh, why aren't you doing this before? But uh, yeah. Well, so tell I, me a little bit about pumping it out to your, to your boyfriend. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I, I think that, that couples, 
that pursue a common goal. It, mm -hmm. It's kind of a bonding thing. Did you experience yeah. that or did he just go, no, I'm not, I'm not getting this. Actually, way. ironically, this was probably when I started reading um, this book was probably the first time that we really had financial discussions in depth. Um, and I think that was really good for us. And it actually, I learned that he was financially more financially responsible than I was. And he was already practicing these things, which I, I did not know. And I think that's also very unique and um, a young gentleman of, of our age. And so it was, it almost put the pressure on me where it's like, you know what? You cannot be the person in this relationship that is financially crippling us. Right. So it was more uh, incentive to really get myself in, in line. But for my siblings who also did it, it was incentivizing to them to, you know, not be the to find somebody who also was financially stable or to, you know, not be that burden in, in their relationships. Right. Now you're one, are you one of four? Did I remember I am that one right? of four. I am number two in four. Uh, we are all within six years of each other from the oldest to the youngest. And we're wow. all very close in age. Wow. Uh, and so you ship this information out to your brothers and sisters. They yes. pick up on it and dig it or did uh... Uh, my sister did my yeah. middle brother, uh, who's closest in age with me. Um, he's about three years younger than me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, he, he's, uh, slowly, but surely getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, we work with him each and every day. And my youngest brother is also a recent college graduate. Um, and he's actually got his, his degree in finance. So oh. he is very financially responsible. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, some, some people are at a point in their life where yeah. they, they jump on board and some people are like, yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm still uh, taking it one day at a time, you know? Exactly. Um, and you know, in our household, my dad has a master's in finance. So again, yeah. these are things that we never, we, we always heard about, but until you really, uh, you know, we conceptualize about, but until you get the, in the nitty and gritty in your own personal finances, that's when you understand it. Right. So I met your dad one time, a master's in finance. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart dude. He is. But, but you weren't getting personal finance advice. You know, it's one thing for your dad to say it and <laughs> another thing for you to live through it. So true. And you know, there's nothing worse than at 27 years old going back to your dad and saying, you know, you were right. Yeah, that's those, brutal. All those years. Right. Yeah. But you know, the, the success of being unemployed right now, you know, I did lose, I, and in this pandemic, I got laid off and, uh, being unemployed and looking and in, in, in my unemployment saying, I'm not concerned about my financial stability at all. Right. And that's a very comfortable position to be in. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll take the pill of, you know, looking at my dad and saying, I'm sorry, I should have listened to you in, in order to be where I am today. <laughs> Let, let's go back to the book and let's go back yeah. to the stuff that you were thinking about. And I, I want to focus on something that you said, mm -hmm. um, well, you said a couple of things, one paying off debt. We're all, we're all about that. Yeah. But I, but I think the thing that's really maybe more salient in these times is the emergency fund. Tell me a little bit about that. So the, um, uh, an, an emergency fund, I don't know if you've talked about it before is three months of expenses. So, um, and that's what I, my goal was to save up was the three months of expenses. And for, for me, what that looked like was a thousand dollars each month. Um, and putting that away was, you know, just a little bit of a paycheck at each point in time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and ironically, when I would started doing it and I kind of 
quickly did a thousand dollars immediately, you know, put that in. And I realized how easy it was to save up a thousand dollars. There was like $200 a paycheck, $500 a paycheck, whatever it was. I realized how quickly it was and how silly it was that I wasn't doing this before. Right. Right. Uh, Well, we call that monthly expense, or I like to call it, you know, your, your nut. And you said a thousand dollars a month was your, your nut. So it means that you're living pretty efficiently. Yes. You know, especially Uh, in California, but I think that's, that's great. Yeah. In California, Pasadena, you know, I live and work in Pasadena, which, you know, kind of the, kind of was my dream and Pasadena is not an an inexpensive area. So to be able, and I think also whittling down your expenses was, you know, um, any sort of expenses that we're going over on, I tried to, you know, eliminate. And it's also, I factor in part of my expenses was my, you know, my gas and transportation. And sure. it helps that I, I live less than a mile from work. Right. So, so that your transportation good. expenses are a little less yeah. than the average bear. It, what it, about uh, car payment? Do you have a car payment? I do not have a car payment. I own my vehicle. Uh, so that is for killer. you. Yeah, I did. I worked, I worked and paid off my vehicle when I was in college. And sweet. And, and at the time, you know, everybody's like, oh, you should get a new car now that you have a nice job or had a nice job. And thank God I didn't do that. But, you know, I always say that the maintenance of my car, no matter how expensive the maintenance of my car is, it's still less than a car payment. And so my Toyota Avalon has 200,000 miles on it and it keeps chugging along. But you're enjoying what we call the gravy years when you can drive yeah. it without a payment. It takes exactly. business, the expenses, the repairs aren't too much. Exactly. I just think if if you had a car payment, your nut would be thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred. Oh yeah, for more. Sure. Exactly. So that that helped with your sustainability, exactly. viability on a long term basis. Yeah, it, Very it, smart. it definitely did. It definitely did, and um, you know, I, and I understand also that I'm in a unique position because I don't have a car payment. Right. Uh, and. and- also, my my insurance for for the car is very low because it is an older car, and right. you know I've been you know I hit an age where my insurance went down, so it is very a very nominal cost that too. But that is a larger cost for a lot of people. Right. And I do it. So you're able to save up mm-hmm. three months of your nut. Yeah. Yes. Over how many months? I actually was able to do that in, uh, let's see here, up in, so three months. It took me three months to do it, but I I did it very gradually um, for myself. And a lot of that, what, what, and this sounds really silly, but it's what I did was eat out less. And that's in really manage what I was, you know, cooking more at home, eating out less, doing fewer things, finding things and activities to do in order to do that. And I didn't feel like my social life was hurting because of it, but I'm, but it created a stability and a comfort level that I'm really glad I have. That was going to be my next question. While you're putting this together, did you feel like your life was less? No. And as a matter of fact, I almost felt like it was more because I was inviting friends over to my home to cook dinner for them, or we would go on hikes, which are free. We weren't going out to the bars and to the, you know, dinners and to the movies and stuff like that. We were just finding, you know, come over to my house and play a game and I'll cook you dinner. And that, that is so much less expensive than like going out to dinner at Granville, for example, love Granville, but that's just an example. What's Granville? (laughs) It's a restaurant. 
Oh, I'm um, not that cool. Yeah, yeah you're Grand Village. And you know what? Ask your daughter. She'll oh, she'll, she'll know. Really she'll know the trendy places. <laughs> yeah, too cool and trendy. But it's a really great place. Um, it's a California specific, like farm to table kind of restaurant. Got it. Um, but it's it's middle tier expense, and it's one of our favorites. It's walking distance from here to Pasadena, right? And it's so uh, from my place into town. Uh-huh. Um, so it was so easy just to walk there for dinner instead of cooking ourselves. But well, and knowing you, I'm I'm sure you weren't not going out oh, for, yeah. for dinner and drinks, but maybe just not as much. Exactly. We, uh, okay. I, I made a limit for myself. I would only dine out, you know, once a week. And uh, that included whether it was lunch with coworkers or dinner with friends. It was only once a week I would eat out. Which, but again, was was it hard to do? Did you feel no, like, oh, it, man, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm really got to suck it up. It's terrible. No, I never felt like it was ever an imposition to do. Uh, my boyfriend might disagree with me because he's he's one to love dining out. But I know ne- personally in my life, I never felt like it was an imposition just because we found other things to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So you took these months, three months, mm-hmm. whatever it was, got together three months of an emergency fund. Yes. And and by the way, Dave Ramsey talks about three months. You know, I've yes. talked about three to six months. Yes. Um, Susie Orman even talks about eight months. Do you know who Susie Orman is? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. She's a, you know, she does, she talks about personal finance and she mm-hmm. sells tapes and stuff on public television and pretty well known and you you've known you've made a big time when they lampoon you on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Kirsten Wig would, would lampoon her years ago on SNL. So, you know, oh, she's, she's awesome. pretty well known and in, in the United States, but she says eight months. And I think that's a lot, but if, I mean, if someone can do that, Hey, great. But hey, you know. yeah. And especially right now, I know there's a lot of people out there who are wishing they had six, you know, three, six, eight months saved away. You sure. know, in, in, and it's a, you prepare for times like this. You never expect it to happen, but you do. You prepare for times like this. Right. When when airplanes fly into buildings or when a pandemic yeah. hits or, exactly. you know, whatever these kinds of things happen. So so let's let's talk for a minute about the uh, when you got laid off. Yeah. And the, the pandemic hit, what, about mid-March? Yes. And you just recently got laid off. Tell us a little bit about that. May 1st was when I was officially laid off and the pandemic uh, hit in March. And as soon as the pandemic hit, um, you know, CVBs, which is Convention and Visitor Bureau, their employees started dropping like flies because Mm -hmm. we are relying on events. And if you're closing down events, you're not allowing events. There's no reason for so many employees. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that started happening, I was like, okay, this is going to be a long-term problem. Mm -hmm. And so I... As soon as that happened, I started aggressively putting more money into my emergency fund because I knew, okay, it's only a matter of time before my position gets laid off. I'm a client services position. If there are no people there, there's nobody for me to help. And so, you know, I'm very fortunate to belong to a very great organization who kept me as long as they could. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, when that call came, you know, they were very apologetic. They wish they could keep me, but, you know, and when that call came, I, I was sad that I was, you know, laid off and I was sad that, you know, this, this was potentially an end of a, a time at an organization that I love, but I was not scared or worried for my financial future because I knew I had six months saved up. And that doesn't mean I don't have, have debt. It just means that I can pay the minimum payments on my credit cards and I can also still pay for my rent, my expenses and all that, and still be able to do all the things that 
I needed to do in base, like the baseline need to do. Right. Um, which so between thought, between March and March and uh, what um, May first, uh-huh. I mean, you see that you see the way things are going. Yeah. And I think I just heard you say you weren't you weren't worried or scared. I guess. Yeah, not at all. But you just started to plan. I exactly you you see something happening, and I think the worst thing you can do for yourself is say it won't happen to me. You right. know. You, you see people, I mean, and my, you know, myself to a degree included, like you're, you're buying online from Amazon, all these things. And it's so easy to stress buy on Amazon. You just have to, you know, not do that for yourself and prepare for your financial future saying this, I could get laid off. Right. Is this, is this purchase worth it? I could get laid off. Is, is this uh, takeout worth it? I could get laid off. Is it worth it for me to, you know, buy books and, and, and workout equipment and home videos and stuff like that. It's, you know, all these things are great, but it's like, you need to pay, you know, what's more important. These things are your rent. And, and that came down to it for me. And right. so, and because of that, you know, I feel like I'm on a mini vacation right now because it's like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself a full month of like, we're just going to relax and, and enjoy this month of like unemployment. And then, you know, hit the ground running when I when and if I can. Right. So you you got laid off the first week of May. I just heard you say unemployment. So you applied for unemployment right away. Yeah. And I actually didn't get approved for unemployment. That's, you know, it's and and for anybody who is looking to do that, it is a it is taking a while for unemployment to come right now. But that is just because, you know, the massive amount of applications they have. Right. Uh, and that was another thing is, you know, I expected not to get an unemployment check at all in the month of May. So I have a little bit of discretionary money to have in the month of May, um, just for miscellaneous things. And I prepared for that because I was like, okay, if I apply for unemployment, I think it was on March 4th that I applied, I'm sorry, May 4th that I applied for unemployment. I'm not expecting to get a check by the, like, I'm expecting it by the earliest, the 18th. Mm -hmm. So... It's yeah. not like you're running out to the mailbox every day to go, oh, my exactly. goodness, my I, need to, <laughs> I need to go to the store to get food and I need my check. Yeah, yeah, I need my check. I need to get groceries. I need to get food. You know, that, that's right. and it's it's solely because, you know, when when I was getting a paycheck, I was putting it away. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, we don't want to talk about specific amounts, but what percentage of your income is unemployment going to replace? Um, let's see here. It is the unemployment is about 50% of my net income. Okay. So, so about a third um, of your gross, maybe Correct. about half of your net. Gross. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which, you know, to me in my position, that's, that covers more than my expenses, you know, right. it allows for a little bit extra and, but if, if I hadn't had an emergency fund, mm-hmm. I would be just barely getting by. Right. And that, that's frightening to me, you know? Sure. I, well, your, your, your family's on the, the East coast, you're on the West coast. Yeah. So it, it's on you. Exactly. You're, you're exactly. out here getting it done. Exactly. And you know, you know, I know of course, and this is a very blessed 
situation to be in. But I know if I called my parents, like they would, of course, like be able to help, but that's not everyone's position. And that's not the position I want to be in. You right. Know, as a 27 year old independent woman, I do not want to call my parents right. and say, I can't afford rent. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that's a nightmare. So I'm so, and if anything else, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. And also I think my parents are also, especially my dad, he was like, yay. Yeah, I bet, <laughs> huh? He's not calling for a check. Yeah, exactly. So you, your overhead was low. You had an yeah. emergency fund. You're getting unemployment mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to last for some extended yeah. period of time. Did What's your survival time? Did you think about yeah, that? So- yeah, my survival time is to the end of October. So by November 1st, I need a job mm-hmm. and I need I, I need a paycheck to pay for November 1st okay. rent, which, you know, it, all things considered. And, you know, I hope that the pandemic does not last that long. But all things considered, that is a very comfortable position to be in. Right. You're not, uh, uh, you're not going crazy. You're not, stressing. I'm not I mean, I, I'm not, I'm going crazy because I'm bored, but not, I'm not going crazy because of stress. Right. Uh, right. No, there is little to no stress in, in my life. Uh, you know, when that's a very, and, and I never thought I would be here. So I'm, right. I'm very happy that I took control of my financial responsibility and, and, you know, made the steps necessary. And it was, in it was easy. It was surprisingly easy to do. Right. Very cool. Very cool. So any problems with this? I mean, lifestyle, you've got six months. Are you, are you, first of yeah. all, are you out there looking for work? I am not. So I actually gave myself until June 1st and June 1st, I will start casually looking. Um, unfortunately, I'm in the hospitality industry. So my, my uh, job options are very limited considering that we're one of the industries to hit, be hit the hardest. Right. Um, my organization did say they wanted to bring me back as soon as they could, uh, mm-hmm. but that's if, and when they can. So who knows right. what it would be. And you would but go I, back in a minute, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I would, I would love to go back to them. Sure. I absolutely, they're an amazing company. Um, they really took care of their employees. I felt mm-hmm. like I was valued, uh, which is important. You know, that's really important. And going absolutely. into looking for a new job, that, those are things I will look as value. And that's also a great thing about looking for a new job. I don't feel like I have to take a job because I need money. I, I feel like I can take a job because it's a good for, fit for me. I'm a good, uh, you know, their organization, I'm a good fit for their organization. Right. Uh, you know, it's an industry I like. It's a you know job that sounds exciting to me. And those are all things that are important to me. And so right. I feel like I can find a job based on what my values are instead of like, I need a, a paycheck. I need to make rent. So. Well, I think that's so, mm-hmm. so important. And, and, and I think yeah. it's so forward thinking of you to say that, to be able to take a job where, you want to do it and they want you to be there rather than I just need a paycheck. Exactly. You don't have to take the next gig. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that is also a very comfortable position to be in. Right. Uh, But in the meantime, I am volunteering. I think it's also really important to do is to, you know, and in an unemployment, you need to kind of like, Find, find ways to not only entertain yourself, but also to bring you joy and, 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 you know, kind of give back to your community. Right. So, uh, in Pasadena, Pasadena Unified School District, we give out lunches every weekend to the families who are in need. Okay. Um, so that's something that I have done and I have done for the past, you know, I guess couple of weeks that we've been in quarantine. Um, right. And you're not just sitting around watching Ozark. 
I am not just sitting around watching Ozark or Little Fires <laughs> Everywhere, even though I recommend both of those shows. Oh, really? Okay. No, Little Fires really great. Um, but, you know, I am getting my TV watching in. I am catching up and reading books, you know, um, volunteering time and, right. you know, also updating my resume, you know, kind of updating, dating LinkedIn, kind of doing just backend stuff. So that when I am ready to, you know, kind of look for a job, I can hit the ground running, uh, just preparing myself. So, right. But you've got the luxury to be able to think and do those kind of big picture things because you planned ahead. Exactly. Because your mom sent you a book. My mom sent me a book and asked me to read it. <laughs> the last thing is, millennials out there, do what your mother tells you, even oh when God. you're 29 years no, old. Don't say that to millennials. They'll go, oh, no, I don't want to listen to the show anymore. No. They tell me to listen to my mama. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the parents do know some things. Oh, man. I mean, so I didn't there... tell my mom how to text, but. <laughs> Have there any things you've lost out on? You feel like you've lost out on because of the coronavirus? I mean, what, what's been the pain to you? You know, I, I, we did plan a vacation and, okay. uh, you know, it's for anybody who knows me in my life. I, my, one of my passions is travel. And one of my passions is, is to go on vacations and whatnot. Hence why I went into the hospitality industry and to begin. Sure. Oh yeah. I, but, get it now. Um, I was going to go with my family and my boyfriend on my first cruise ever to Alaska. Oh, nice. And, um, you know, that was going to take, take off June 1st. And, uh, you know, that is something that we did have to miss out on. And, you know, Taylor and I were supposed to go see Brian Adams in Vegas. Um, that's probably not happening. That's definitely not happening. It already passed. It was in May. Um, but you know, concerts that we've missed out on vacations that we've missed out on. And, you know, that's, that is sad and it is disappointing. And I allow myself the time to be sad about that. You know, Alaska is not going anywhere. The, I mean, the glaciers are, but you know, I, I'll see them next year, the year after. Right. Um, you know, we'll go to the next best concert, and you know, um, but the, it is sad to miss out on those things. And but ultimately, yeah, but I'm just happy that I'm in the position that I am now, and you know, I'm happy and I'm healthy, and you know, I'm not stressed, which is great. Which is a big deal, yeah. It is. It really is. Did you do the test for uh, antibodies? I did not do the test for antibodies yet. Um, yeah, me neither. I thought about it, but no, yeah, I haven't done I, I feel like uh, I, I need to do that. Uh, one of our good friends who is in the healthcare industry says that um, having taking the antibody test, you want to be positive for having exposure to coronavirus because as soon as 70% of the population has exposure, uh, that means we're over the pandemic. That's no longer pandemic, that we have antibodies built up against it. So, well, and people that are positive, yeah, uh, at least a lot of people are saying, are not susceptible to getting it yeah. again. Now, the World exactly. Health Organization has said that may not necessarily be the case, but there's still people that believe that. Yeah. And I think that people that have a, a positive are going to be more sought after, yeah. more valuable, dare I say, more highly paid. Uh, oh, yeah. Employees on a go-forward basis. Exactly. Um, in that case, I need to go get the test done and, you know, hope, hope for the best. That's what you put on your resume <laughs> and tested positive for coronavirus antibodies. You know, <laughs> did you get your stimulus check yet? I did. I did get my stimulus check. And what'd uh, you do with it? I put a portion of that into my emergency fund. Smart. I put a portion of that into investing into stock market. Smart. And the other portion I put into paying off debt. 
So it was like a trifecta, a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. Very cool. Very cool. And what was going to be your goal for paying off debt if the, uh, if the pandemic hadn't hit, did you have a plan for that? I did. So I'm supposed to be debt free in October. Um, uh, by October 1st, I'm supposed to be debt free. And I had, I think $7,000 of debt January 1st, and I'm actually projected now to be debt free in August. So yeah, nicely played. Yeah. I shaved up a a couple of months there just because, uh, you know, when you don't do anything and you, you know, financially prepare yourself and you're, you're ready, you just, put chunks away of that at at debt and you know like I said I took the avalanche approach as opposed to the snowball so um being a little bit more aggressive about that um, very good I'm very happy about that that's gonna be the first time I have been debt free since I was 17 years old and that's a that's a good feeling that is a good yeah what does that feel like I mean you said a good feeling but just try and describe it a little bit you know and in college it was it, it was always Oh, everybody has debt. Everybody has debt. It's a normal thing. It's manageable. It's manageable. And then once I graduated, you know, is it, it, this is a huge millennial thing, but it was the fear of missing out on doing things. So I just put, kept putting it on my credit card. Yeah. And so every time I went out, I looked at a dollar sign. Every time I did something, I looked at the dollar sign, the value of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've noticed this recently. And before the pandemic hit, when I would go do things, it wasn't necessarily a dollar sign or the value of something it was emotional connection to what I was doing you know I was spending time with friends I was doing something I wasn't concerned about you know will I be able to put this on my credit card will I be able to put this on my debit card you know that wasn't my first thought it was I know I could be able to do this and that comfort it was like lift weight off your shoulders It is a excellent, it is a wonderful feeling. And I, I'll have to let you know in August how it feels to be completely debt free. So. Yeah, we'll have to have a conversation or have you yeah. back uh, on the show. You yeah. know, the reason I asked you the question is because it seems to me that a large part of personal finance, a large part of personal fine, uh, personal financial planning is emotional. Yes. It's not head smarts per se. It's a lot of it's yeah. emotion. And if someone can and dial in and access the the emotions of being debt free or having an emergency plan or having a long term savings on a go forward basis basically financial security financial yeah. having a financial plan it makes it a lot more easier to uh, it makes it easier to pursue yes it does and i can personally tell you you know there's not a single dinner or vacation or you know experience that i have had that is that equivalent to the feeling of I am not stressed during unemployment that, you know, there's, you know, I've been skydiving. I've been hot air ballooning. Those are amazing experiences. Not during the pandemic. Not during the pandemic. Okay. (laughs) But you know, these are experiences that I've had that are like, they're thrilling, they're exciting and they're amazing, you know, getting to the top of Haleakala in Hawaii, beautiful experience, but these aren't, you nothing can compare to the experience that I feel now where I am just relaxed. I am calm. I am not stressed because as as amazing as all those experiences were, they cost money to get there. This, this experience just required me saving money to get here. And that is really an amazing feeling. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, good for you. What an amazing story. When, when we started talking a couple of days ago, I had, no idea that you were on that path. I don't even know that that you did that. I knew that I did the podcast. And the more that we talked, I thought, man, the (laughs) listeners got to hear this like success story. How cool is that? They got to hear from Amanda. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you were, we wanted to share my story because it's, 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 and you can't, now that I've talked talking to people about it, you can't shut me up. I'm pretty sure my friends are like, yeah, we know you had an emergency find. Like, yeah, we know you read this book, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to anybody who can, who will listen to me and just, I'm preaching like, you need to do this because, you know, I would, I was exactly like every other atypical credit card spender before where it's just racking up debt, right. not concerned about it. Cause well, I'm making my minimum payments, you know, this, right. I will literally tell anybody who will listen now. <laughs> well, and you know what you could do even better than, than giving them the book. Yeah. Get them to them subscribe to, to the podcast. I will. You know, I will. <laughs> I'm going to send out links now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we started the podcast two years ago, we talked about five steps to financial freedom yeah. and um, you know, certainly emergency fund was one of them paying off debt was another um, long-term savings so yeah. you know as a similar similar kinds of material just presented in in different ways and they all have their pluses and minuses i i just happen to think mine's the best yours is the best <laughs> <laughs> i'm not just saying that because i'm on your podcast <laughs> oh, oh man well yeah. amanda thank you very much for coming on the show it's just been a blast talking to you and hearing about yeah. this particular aspect uh, of your life well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate you giving me a platform to share my story wow you know normally we go on and we talk about um emails at this point but we've used up all of our time talking to amanda so we'll save this email i got a really good one everybody tune in next week it's amazing but we're going to uh, wrap it up that's a wrap this is dave hagan and you've been listening to the financial wellness podcast You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.